Hello, and welcome to the Moving Stevens Point Forward podcast, a podcast focused on the community of Stevens Point in central Wisconsin. Your host, John Yeager, will discuss the amenities, community events, businesses, and groups that make central Wisconsin unique. Thanks for listening, and be sure to spread the word about our podcast. And now, on to today's show. Hello, welcome to the podcast. This morning, I have Isaac Zarecki with me from... Isaac, what exactly is your title? <laughs> we should probably go there. So, yeah, so I work for the Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers Association. My official title is uh, Public Education and Communications Plan Manager. I generally just shorten that to uh, PR guy. Um, so my goal um, and kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis is uh, focus on educating people about uh, cranberries and cranberry production in Wisconsin. So let's just take a step back. How did you end up in central Wisconsin? You're a native, aren't you? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in, in Portage, uh, but my dad grew up in Wisconsin Rapids, and my grandparents still live there. Uh, I currently live in Wisconsin Rapids right now. Um, so I went. I grew up in Portage, though, uh, went to University of Wisconsin-Madison, got a degree in life sciences communication, which was kind of their ag journalism program back in the day. Okay. And... Um, after college, uh, I wanted to get out and do something, go somewhere else, um, and I wound up in Hot Springs, South Dakota, running a weekly newspaper. I was the editor, and I spent a couple years doing that. Um, newspaper wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do forever. It's kind of a hard gig nowadays. Sure. Um, so I had been venting to my my younger brother, who lived in Rapids at the time. And he just happened to see a job posting from a friend, and it, that, that's the position I have now. Um, he works in uh, Century right now in, over in Plover. So. Okay. And how long have you been working with the Cranberry Growers? Uh, this, I'm going on my third year. Okay. So, yeah, this is my my third harvest. Okay. So tell me, if you can, I mean, tell me the history of cranberries, because it's, yeah. my understanding is it's like our only the only fruit that actually was here originally? Yeah, that- so um, cranberries are native to North America. Um, they were originally cultivated for production in out east uh, in Cape Cod area, I think in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Um, I might be a little wrong on that, but in Wisconsin, the industry really didn't get started until the 1830s. People were starting to gather them and sell them in the Berlin area. Um, the industry as we know it today wasn't really established until the 1870s when people started settling what's known as Cranmore out west of Wisconsin Rapids as a township. Um and that's where the oldest beds in the state are now. The industry in Berlin kind of died off. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, from Rapids, it uh, got established. People kind of expanded to the like not what what's now the 9094 corridor um, between Toma and Black River. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cranberries, so about a third of the production of the states in the Cranmore area. The other thirds in that 9094 area, and then the final third is kind of dispersed around the northern third of the state. So Hayward, uh, Manitouche Waters, Eagle River, all up there, they're kind of spread out, though, not as concentrated. So in relation to the country, where does Wisconsin sit as far as output? Are we the number one producer? Or are we? Where do- yeah, uh, number one by far. Uh, okay. We are the largest producing region in the world. 
Um, we produce more than half the world's cranberries. Uh, the world, on average, produces about 10 million barrels a year. A barrel of cranberries is about 100 pounds. Okay. Wisconsin produces about, depending on the year, up or down, uh, about 5 million of that. Okay. So um, we're, we're a pretty significant player. Uh, the next uh, biggest growing region in the world would be I believe it's Massachusetts, and then Quebec is not too far behind. They're both like two to two and a half million barrels, I believe. Okay. So Wisconsin really... More than doubles the next growing region. Yeah. Okay. So that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've got the dairy, and now we've got the cranberries. And I actually have had cheese with cranberries in it. Yep, yep. That, that I don't... We'll give that a, a C plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite. I'm sure cheese. it was the yeah. uh, cheese's fault yeah. for the right. Just because yeah. you're here. Um, so, tell me about the bogs. Like, I, I, why grow them in a bog? Why not just grow them on? Whatever? Yeah. So the way the way cranberries work are they're perennials, right? So um, they grow like any other kind of deciduous tr- shrub or tree. Um, but they're actually like a low trailing vine. Um, and the reason they're grown in kind of those beds is what we call them, the fields, um, is to control water. Um, one thing that people don't know a lot of, mostly because there were some really successful advertisements um, with ocean spray a couple years ago, but a lot because of that, a lot of people think that cranberries grow in water, and they don't. Um, they grow in sandy, well-drained, kind of peaty, acidic soils. Okay. Um, and they're dry 95% of the time. The only time that they're wet or submerged is harvest, a little bit in winter, and a little bit in spring. Um, and for harvest, uh, they are the water tables brought up and the berries kind of float on the vines because they're hollow. They have four little air chambers in them. Um, actually, I mean, you can see my shirt right here. This is a cross Yeah, we'll, we'll get that yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so they float, and what growers do is they take a, what's called a harrow, um, and they drag that through the water. It's pretty gentle on the vines. They drive a tractor with these basically big combs, um, and they drag that over the vines. That kind of pops the berries off of the vines, and then they float to the surface of the water. And from there, they're corralled and then put into trucks and taken to receiving stations. So... I know I had talked to somebody out actually in the Cranmore area Mm -hmm. and they had said that the harvest year this year was a, it was a tough year. So what I've been hearing and one thing with, I think probably any agricultural commodity um, is you don't know until everything's completely done. Right. Right. Um, Right. But uh, from what I've heard uh, this year is going to be average to below average. Yeah. As far as yield goes. And what have you? What is the reason for that? What have you heard? So there's a there's a lot of things that go into into growing cranberries that can affect that weather, just like any other crop is the biggest. Um, and because cranberries are perennial, uh, they are kind of subject to Mother Nature year round. Mm-hmm. Growers are concerned about the weather, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five with cranberries. Um, so I think. W- you know, we had a weird cold snap last October, which could have affected some of the production. Um, and that would have affected this year's production because even when they're being harvested in the fall, harvest generally goes from September 
to, you know, hopefully the end of October, some people are still harvesting into November. Um, but the, the next year's buds are already starting to set. Oh, really? So in addition to worrying about this year's crops, the growers of Wisconsin are also concerned about, you know, protecting those buds for next year's crop. Sure. Um, so I, I, we had a weird cold snap in October last year that could have affected some of the production. Um, I, I think, I'm not sure if you remember, but there was a weird, um, what was that? Memorial day. We had some pretty cold frost too. We did. Yeah. And that, that could also play a factor. Um, other things, you know, like hail damage. Um, if a if a big storm comes through someone's marsh, uh, those big big blocks of ice falling from the sky can do a lot of damage to vines as well. Okay. So, so when you pick up your toilet paper, because we're short on toilet paper, mm-hmm. you might want to be thinking about those cranberries. Exactly. Well, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, weird times. So how? I mean, you said you went to UW Madison. Mm-hmm. How did you get trained? And you were laughing when I told you I was going to ask this question. But how did you get trained to be a cranberry pusher? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what? My I got hired um, partially because of my training. Like my training at the university did a lot of you know, kind of your standard communication stuff. Um, and in my particular degree, gave you some science exposure as well. So it gave me the ability to talk about some of the things that growers do on their, their marshes and farms. Um, but then also just kind of general stuff, working on social media, writing articles, working with, um, other media, um, and then going to South Dakota and actually being a member of the media and writing and taking photos as a, as a living gave me a good perspective as to, um, you know, how to, how to promote things, um, from kind of the other side of the fence right now. A lot of my job is pitching stories to media, so so having that background really helps. Um, I know what a lot of people are looking for, and I, I, I try to make a lot of the news uh, stories that we generate kind of palatable for reporters so that they can kind of package it up and get it out to people efficiently. Okay. So. okay. So, I mean, there are health benefits to cranberries, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's you know, any more, you know, everybody claims everything. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but tell me what you know about cranberries and how they are beneficial. Uh, lots of vitamins and minerals. Um, high in, I think, one serving of cranberry is something like a, a quarter to a third of your daily vitamin C intake. Um, a lot of fiber, a lot of vitamin E. Um, I think they're called proanthocyanidins. Um which I believe help with um, uh, preventing uh, bacterial adhesion to the urinary tract wall. So they do, if you have a steady diet of cranberries, it can help uh, reduce the risk of urinary tract infections. Yeah. Not that... necessarily a, uh, a treatment, but can be a preventative measure. Okay. So do you know any cranberry trivia? Oh, oh, I know a lot of cranberry trivia. <laughs> oh, bring it on then. Let's see what you got. Um, so like I said, uh, more than half the world's cranberries come from Wisconsin. I did some calculations the other day um, just based on kind of the average. The average cranberry is about two centimeters. If you laid that end to end with uh, Wisconsin's uh, five million barrel average production, I think that goes about nine times, a little over nine times around the world at the equator. Every year. Every year. End to end. So it's a real thin line. Uh, but <laughs> and it goes, uh, it'll, it'd go once to the moon. 
Um, oh my! <laughs> not back though. You'd be stuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you can. I mean, there's breadcrumb trails, and now we've got cranberry trails. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you find your way back? I don't know. But yeah, and um, so I think the the other fun fact about cranberries is for every every acre of bed, I think the average marsh in Wisconsin has about six to seven acres of uh support land so most of the growers in the state the majority of their property is is kind of wetland or or hardwoods that's used to kind of support um you know the rest of their operation and that's generally untouched and serves as a lot of habitat for all sorts of things ducks geese deer wolves bears turkeys Bears are bears are kind of a common occurrence on some marshes because during the during the blossom season, which is uh, in June, uh, there's a lot of beekeepers that come out, and specifically the, the bears enjoy trying to get into the uh, the honeybee guys' hives. Um, now, with the with the beekeepers, are those like the semis that they'll roll in or whatever? Yeah, with the bees on well, the back? there's a lot. So um, there are a some growers will hire out honeybee guys some growers will have bumblebees guys come in in there some of them are kind of local beekeepers some of them are guys that kind of travel throughout the country Mm -hmm. Um, and then another thing growers do is they plant what's called pollinator gardens so they'll use um, obvious well maybe it's not obvious i spent a lot of time on cranberry marshes it's obvious to me so there's a lot of um there's a lot of green space on those on those levees and dikes Mm -hmm. so they'll they'll kind of retrofit those to have some like native pollinating plants and then the pollinators can come in and feed on those and it's good for the other bees that come in as well well that's super cool so do you have a fairy like a a a cranberry joke that (laughs) permeates your office life i mean um there's a few things that come up a lot um anything with like the kind of like the don't get bogged down pun um that's a good one um uh and, and actually it a little, a little uh, inaccurate when when we're talking about Wisconsin because in Wisconsin growers tend to refer to their properties as marshes rather than bogs. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, a distinction that they make to make themselves different from the folks out east. Um, oh. So in Massachusetts and New Jersey they call them bogs. In Wisconsin they call them marshes. Um, but the bog down thing still does work as a joke. Also, you know, when I'm out sampling juice and stuff with people, there's generally uh, the, uh, you know, hey, where's the vodka kind of joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's always <laughs> <laughs> um, No, one thing, I, I, do they store cranberries? Can you store them year to year? Like yeah. will Ocean Spray, for example, store the berries to, to use in the future? So um, cr- frozen cranberries tend to keep for about a year. Um whether that's, you know, in cold storage at a packing facility or in your own freezer. Okay. Um, fresh berries, generally, if you keep them refrigerated and kind of undisturbed, um, will last for, you know, I'd say four to five months. Um, and that's why you can't find fresh cranberries past, you know, much past the new year. Okay. Um because they get bought out only about five percent of the crop is fresh or frozen berries the rest goes to juice and and sweet and dried cranberries or raisins um so yeah um but that that's kind of the shelf life and then things like you know juice concentrate 
and sweet and dried cranberries have pretty sizable shelf lives. Okay. So what's your favorite recipe uh, with mm, this all, Isaac? I, so I actually don't mind just eating plain cranberries. I spend enough time on marshes. Um, they're pretty tart. Um, and mm-hmm. anyone who drinks, you know, have, have you ever had, uh, like, just plain unsweetened cranberry juice? I um, never have. It's very, it's, it's potent. It's very, very tart. Um, but I, I enjoy eating just plain plain cranberries. Uh, as far as integrating it into recipes, I got into pie making uh, last year, and, and I, I made a pretty good uh, cranberry citrus pie, so that was pretty, I, I like that quite a bit. They're good for baking. Um, but I also, I also like making kind of like skillets out of the fresher frozen ones. I'll just make like, you know, I'll cut up some meat, a couple of veggies, throw some cranberries in it, saute it. Where do you go to find your recipes? Like, is there a a good site or the growers have a place where they keep that online? Yeah. So we have a lot of recipes on wiscran.org, W-I-S-C-R-A-N. Um, but I honestly, if you just Google cranberry recipes, you're going to find a lot. Um, and, and I would make the distinction, you know, if you cranberry drink recipe, obviously is going to be juice. If you want something with dried cranberries, I'd search, you know, dried cra- cranberry mm-hmm. recipes and then uh, fresh or frozen cranberry recipes tend to be one in the same. So have you heard, like, we know every once in a while, somebody will come up with a real crazy idea. Like you can use, you know, you know, Coke to get an unseized bolt. Uh. <laughs> Are there any like off-label uses, if you will, for the cranberry? N- not really that I've encountered yet. I do know that like some some interesting ways that they are using cranberries in the market are. Um, I know there's some folks working on pressing cranberry seeds, which are very very small, um, into like seed oil. Oh, okay. Uh, kind of using uh, that as a as an extract, and then also it, obviously cranberries are red, and so if you extract that extract that redness, that turns into like a high end fabric dye. Oh. Um, and then I've also heard of like some people integrating it, some companies integrating it with things like dog food and stuff, get some more vitamins in there as well. So, in addition to adding it to cheese, in brats. addition to cheese brats, yeah, the whole beer wine. <laughs> It's Wisconsin. We got to put it in what we have. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So there are cranberry festivals throughout. Mm -hmm. I I thought there was just Warren's, but I found Mm -hmm. out more recently there's several of them. Are you guys part of that? So we um, not – we don't put on the festivals, but we we kind of bring some – some help to each one where we can. Um, So there's the one in Warren's, uh, which I think is generally like the – last week in September, last Saturday or last weekend in September. Um, and then there's also the Eagle River Cranberry Fest, which is at the Vilas County Fairgrounds. And that's in the first weekend in October. Yeah, that was just this last week. Yeah. So we, we brought some display materials up to the up there. And then the Stone Lake Cranberry Festival is also the first weekend in October. That's over by Hayward. And um, I was given some marsh tours over there this weekend. So Okay kind of educating folks about the growing cycle and, and what all goes into making cranberries. And is a, is a marsh a marsh, a bog a bog, if you will, or are, the, are do different people incorporate different things? Um, I, they're more or less they're the same. I will say if you go to, um, if you go out east and see those operations, they are 
a little different. They're, the bo- the beds are not necessarily as uniform. Out here, everything's very rectangular, mm-hmm. measured. Um, those older beds out east, um, I think mostly due to space constraints, you know, there's more people on the east mm-hmm. coast, um, are kind of shaped a little, a little different. Um, but as far as functionality is concerned, not, not necessarily. (laughs) So what do you think the future of cranberries looks like? Um, I I think uh, as far as the industry is concerned, it's, it's probably similar to, to most agriculture. Um, I know a a big issue for a lot of growers, especially this time of year with harvest going on is, is finding, you know, help, um, and, and good employees. And so if, when and they're not necessarily available right now for a lot of people so finding ways to be more efficient mm-hmm. um and, and automating certain things to to kind of ease that burden um i think finding um you know different berry varieties too that can can handle um different growing conditions as well um so growers aren't as dependent on you know one specific kind of berry that's going to be huge in the future, um, especially if, if the weather is being unproduct- uh, unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, and, and that's kind of the unique thing about cranberries, being that they're native to North America. Most um, most cranberries that we grow now are um, one or, or two or three generations removed from wild varieties. Okay. Um, so they're not that different from if you go out into a into a kind of a marshy area you can still find cranberries out there and they're not that different from from that um, oh, but really? they're, they're starting to um we're starting to kind of breed ones that are are a little heftier have some some better properties than the wild varieties okay so are there any misconceptions out there about the cranberries yeah i, I think the biggest one is that they don't grow in water yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 our big one is that uh, you know, 95% of the year they're grown, you know, just in regular sandy soil. Um, and then, you know, the other, other than harvest, the only other times that they are flooded would be, um, in winter, uh, growers will, you know, when it gets, you know, highs in the, um, you know, single digits or lower, um, it will, will create, uh, about 12 inches of ice and what and then they'll drain the water out from under that and what that ice does is insulate the beds from the super cold temperatures oh really so like under that ice it'll be you know in the teens and 20s rather than negative 10 and that's a lot easier on the vines um and then every three or so years what growers will do is they'll dump sand on top of that ice and then just let it filter down and that kind of promote promotes new growth for for the vines no kidding. Mm-hmm. And the way they found that out was out east, um, out in Cape Cod, a grower noticed that, you know, the the wind from the sea was blowing sand over his beds in the winter and that the ones that got exposed to that tended to grow a little bit better. So, okay. So that became a cultural practice. And then once in a while in the spring, Growers will also, certain growers will flood their beds uh, to try to drown, you know, like pest larvae or something. Okay. And where does that water come from? I mean, where... Generally speaking, most growers have, um, will have like a reservoir or access to surface water. It's all surface water. Okay. And 
uh, what I would say the majority of growers have is some sort of reservoir system where they have a, a reservoir, like a big pond and a marsh and stuff, and they'll have a series of um, dams, bulkheads, and it's all gravity fed. So they'll have like a lift station at the beginning of the system, lift it from the reservoir into their beds, and then it'll drain back into the reservoir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're not pulling groundwater necessarily. It generally, no. And that water yeah. is being reused consistently. It's mm-hmm. not, it's yeah. pretty self-sustaining that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So any is, any other great stories you want to share about the cranberries? This has been really, I, actually yeah, very interesting. I think another cool thing about the industry, specifically in Wisconsin, I guess, is that um, it, it's pretty old. It's a, In a way, it's, it's a rarer thing these days that um, a lot of younger people return to their farms. Um, I know people that are about my age that are, you know, sixth or seventh generation cranberry growers. Um, the oldest marsh I'm aware of just turned 150 this year, um, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's kind of a testament to the the lifestyle and the like sustainability of the business to have um, young people say, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna choose to go live out on the marsh for, you know, a living and. You, you don't see that a lot, and mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Anything else we should cover? Um, just eat some cranberries. Uh, uh, yeah. thank, thank a cranberry grower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Isaac, thanks so much for being on. And if people have questions, is there a website? Or yeah, is it just yeah. – do you just Google out there, or what do you um, recommend? Uh, you can find our website, wiscran.org, or you can find us on – and any of the social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm trying to get TikTok off the ground, but, um, yeah, all, all of that is under Wisconsin cranberries though. Okay. All right. So thanks so much for being with us and, uh, we hope that everybody, uh, has a good harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Point Forward Physical Therapy. Please share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to schedule a time to meet with a physical therapist for a free injury screening, call us at 715-254-3978.